Hey, what's up, everyone? We are back. Because we are the prodigals and the prodigal. The prodigals. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the prodigals podcast where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies, and that is why we are here for you. We are not a source of authority on any of the topics that we're, we talk about, <laughs> and we're not experts on any of these topics. We just want to talk about and process through some of this world's most difficult topics. What's up? Once again, my name is Mark, and I am joined by New Alan combo. and Jenna. Hey. Hello. Welcome. I Once guess we again. can't do like that. Thank Prodigal. Jenna. I guess we can do the Janela thing. <laughs> <The> prodigal. <laughs> All right. So in this episode, we'll have another table talk segment for you guys. And... We will be talking about cancel culture. Dun, 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 dun. It seems like everybody's talking about this topic, but what exactly is it? We shall find out. And um, what are the important things to know about it and how we should act as Christians regarding this topic? So without further ado, another Table Talks episode. <laughs> I guess as we uh, usually start the talk, any topic that we talk about, um, let's just <laughs> define what cult- cancel culture is. So what is cancel culture and how did it get so big? Uh, have a definition. Definition? Uh, man. Okay. So what I, all I know is that, uh, when people complain about cancel culture, it's usually because they did something that the general mass doesn't approve of, and they're just like, "All right, never mind. We won't listen to you anymore. We won't like pay any attention to you." Uh, mainly has to do with like people online, so influencers, you know, social media people, and so they just yeah. get canceled or they're, they're like i'm not listening to you or they cancel like they like there's a subscription that they cancel and they're like okay i'm i don't want to pay any more attention to you that's what uh-huh. i understand does yeah. that does anybody else have any other kind of like thing to that nuance yeah totally i think um i think a form of cancel cancel culture has always been around you know yeah. Like in the form of boycotting, but I yeah. feel like cancel culture is more aggressive. It's more like sh- aggressive shaming and harassment online, and something that's kind of ex- I don't know how to say it. Express something that's kind of like making it more intense is digital forms of it. So like there's Twitter. I actually got off Twitter because of all the hate and the way things explode on Twitter and 
I couldn't uh, stick around it for too long. So hold on. Um, so you're telling me that um, cancel culture, like it's more that because I just thought they just like okay, I don't I don't deal with you anymore. I'm just gonna go somewhere else. But it almost sounds like there's a part of, of a cancel culture like situation where not only do they not follow you or they unfollow you, they'll go around and start talking stuff about like like they'll start like bad mouthing you or tweeting like bad things about you or you know yeah. posting things so that's part of it too mm-hmm. they're just not doing it to you directly so hmm. yeah yeah I, th- I think like their goal is to affect your livelihood in some way like for example if you're a celebrity or you're an actor cancel culture wants you to get fired if oh. you own a store they want your store to shut down because you know you're not representing good values so it it goes just oh. past like oh that's so much more than what i thought yeah yeah it's really it's, intense um, online shaming um group shaming um it calls on other people to uh, also feel that way and also to act upon you know to act and cancel the celebrities that are um involved in the quote-unquote scandal or the things that they said or any um thing that these people disagree with um when it regards in regards to what those uh celebrities or people in power um talk about or uh the values that they espouse oh so yeah i mean I don't know who said which one of you said it, but yeah, it's been around. <laughs> so basically, the way I understand it, it's been around for forever. I mean, it just came in a. This is just a different iteration of what I know as backstabbing, right? You to a certain extent, right? You go around, right? If you've ever, I mean, when you're in high school, right? You've got your friends. You do something wrong, they'll go around and you know they'll they stop being your friends, and then they'll go around and start talking smack about you. That's basically it, but we're just doing it digitally, right? With far, far more reaching. Well, I guess like that's happened as well. You don't have to. I mean, when it's outside of high school, I guess that happens as well. Whether it's like some kind of business or um, community sort of personality, you know, you get ostracized in that. Yeah, I think the way that it got so big is just. I think it always has been there in society. Um, even before social media came, um, you know, Bill Clinton was pretty, when he had that, um, affair with Monica Lewinsky, there was a fairly big reaction to it and Hmm. people were calling for his head and saying like, why did he lie? Um, why did he have an affair while in office? So it has been around, but I think it got so big because of social media and it's just like so many people have an access to everyone else's opinion and every, what everyone else is saying through Twitter, through Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, TikTok. Yeah. It's um, exponentially yeah. like traveled mm-hmm. because yeah. of the platform itself. Yeah. Right. Um, and the capabilities that it has on a global scale 
right? Far more than just geography than it used to be, right? Because before it was just by, you know, word of mouth. And so maybe you get somebody like talking, you know, in in like Toronto, but they have relatives, you know, in, in California and you tell them about it and then it starts reaching over there. Maybe that happens. But like here, I mean, in this kind of culture, in this, you know, at this day and age of, you know, our digital social you know, beings online, personalities online, yeah, I can go global in a heartbeat, right? In fact, mm-hmm. in fact, these platforms are geared towards that, right? Mm-hmm. The more yeah. the more attention it gets, the more it tries to push it to the front. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, there's that snowball effect that's being like, I mean, I mean it's, it's not, a rolling hill, like whatever, somebody's actively pushing it to get bigger, Mm -hmm. right? To gain more attention because, you know, that's what, that's what these platforms are, are made to do, right? Grab attention and, you know, that's how they make money as well. So yeah, it's in their best interest to like blow these things up. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's almost easier to, because if, this one thing is the only thing that you know about this person. It dehumanizes them. They're just like not a person. It's they're just this behavior. Yeah. So it's eas- even easier to hate them and take them down and make and want their demise. Yeah, because there's. I mean, what kind of personal relationship do you have with them outside of the digital space, right? And let's be honest, the digital space is where we put our best foot forward and, you know, um, our best foot forward, uh, you know, in the, in the best of terms, but, uh, in the worst of terms, that's where we put our facade, like everything we just want people to see the good parts of us. Right. Um, and so all they see is like just sort of the superficiality of our lives. And so there's no, there's no real connection there. Not really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it would be easier to just, you know, dehumanize, as you said, dehumanize them. Yeah. Right. Because there's that sense, there's like, there's that level of separation that you have with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to get, it's not like it's going to get back to you. So, yeah, you can, you can talk about whoever, whatever, whenever, and not have to gain any of the, or at least suffer any, any of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's funny. I was watching. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching the other, whatever the other day. Um, um, I can't remember this. Like, so they're one of. Uh, so I, I was watching a YouTube video. On uh, this channel, had like a had a slew of them. It's like how I became a meme, type deal, right? And they would tell their story, right? Uh, like, uh, like, uh, like awesome baby or whatever his name was. Um. The oh, baby yeah. that like yeah so he had one and then there was other guys but then they also had other you know other people that we know that has gone viral right and the one girl that I was I was um whose video I was watching was the story on like Rebecca Black was telling her story of when she was doing oh. Friday <laughs> right and it's almost like and, and this is not the same thing because it's not like she 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 messed up and you know, and then people were trying to cancel her. They just went out for blood just from the outset, right? And it's yo, and, I love that song. <laughs> yeah, and so 
And so everybody was just like, you know, and, and she's just talking about and, you know, obviously giving her side of the story, how it affected her. Right. And you could easily see how people would just, you know, just rag on her because that was the, you know, that was a popular thing to do. You would get likes, you know, that's the other thing yeah. about it. You get, you get, you get rewarded for trash talking somebody right uh, in the form of likes and that gets pushed to the forefront as well right it's a it's a it's a positive slash negative reinforcer so that's that's there's that aspect other aspect of it right uh and so they were just trash talking her and then you know it's it's easy to see how they would just do that and not have to like worry about whatever comes to her because it's not like she could she could send out a mass tweet and shut everybody up Right. You would have to you would almost have to like understand everybody individually to try to pick out one thing that you could respond to them to, to like to try to shut them up. Right. To clap back as it as it were. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't do that. You can't do that. Not when so many people when the masses are against you. Right. Yeah. So so you either you either just take it or you flee. Right. Because you can't fight it. But I will say. Here's my stance. I don't think all of it is bad. So there's cancel culture on an individual and there's trying to cancel out uh, a company, a corporation. Mm. And the root of cancel culture is basically a reaction to some sort of injustice, right? Right. Or protecting some sort of value that you feel is important. So... I think that there needs to be accountability with corporations and I don't think anyone's really doing that. And so if people are trying to bring uh, what is it called? attention to an issue by kind of shaming them or telling people like, oh, this, this company has a uh, child labor, you know, overseas. I don't know if, if I disagree with that, you know, like, yeah. No, no. What that this is, I mean, I, you know, I think what you're getting at is um, this is also a way for, you know, people that don't have uh, power to, to affect so much change, particularly against a, a huge corporation. This is their way of fighting back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there should be. I mean, I, it sounds like there is a place. Um, there is a place for it. There, It's it's. You know, if used correctly, it can be, you know, it could be a righteous thing for lack of a better term. But I also, I mean, but also like on the other flip side, just like any kind of tool that you get, that you have, you can also misuse it, right? Mm. Uh, for your own ill yeah. ill gain. That's mm-hmm. a term. Yeah. And the thing I don't, I really don't like about cancel culture is just people's attitudes towards a person especially it doesn't take into account the person's growth throughout the years so take for example i think kevin hart was set to uh, host the oscars mm-hmm. but then people found tweets from him years before like long long before maybe like 10 years or yeah uh, 12 years before could be eight i don't know how long i didn't research that much but um i just remember um, the Oscars uh, rescinding their offer for him to to uh, host the the whole event, and it takes into question: Well, 
he tweeted that a long time ago. Do you take into account what he thinks now? And he did say sorry. And right. he, he feels apologetic towards the whole thing. And, um, you know, he didn't end up, he didn't end up hosting. Um, later on, they, they re-invited him like in for that same year, but he ended up saying no eventually. But yeah. really like people just dig and dig. And when they see something they don't even like, then they'll bring it up to attention for everyone to see. And for everyone to start shaming that person, um, like where does it go? Like where's the line, right? Yeah, and I feel what you're talking about, and I get the the sense too, is that, um, you know the 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 injustices that people see and feel, whether it's on the news or they get it in their feed or whatever, and they can't, and they there's this feeling of helplessness. You know, small things here and there, maybe it's just you know, little things. But it builds up, you know, situations like Kevin Hart or like before, like um, James Gunn, um, who was the, who's the, who was the um, director of Guardians of the Galaxies one and two. They let him go because of a tweet that he did, you know, over a decade ago. It's it's been resolved since then because you know uh, people change and I guess you know things whatever. But what I'm saying, yeah, he's doing number three now. Uh, but just like us, we're back. Um, but what I wanted to say is that, you know, cancel culture can also be, you know, this, uh, a situation like that can be a lightning rod for people's, you know, pent up anger and bitterness Mm. and, you know, sense of injustice. It's just like all these injustices and you see something where everybody's like, you know, ganging up on them and they know they're not in, you know, it's, it's popular, you know, and in many, in some cases it's right to do. Right. And you, you, you just go with the, you just go with the peer pressure or you just go with the flow, knowing that you're not going to get any backlash for it. You don't have to answer the, the person that you're like trashing or corporation mm-hmm. that you trash. Right. So you yeah. just go ahead and you go and all your, you know, what, whatever, whatever malice that you felt towards, party a and party b that had wronged you or even you know just offended you know this this far celebrity that that uh did something that offends your sensibilities all that you know to this one particular post becomes a lightning rod of all that you know sort of this negative energy that you've been building up and then boom and it becomes that and then other people join in and it's uh, like we said that snowball effect Mm -hmm. right and I also, ha- I, I can't also, ha- I mean, help but think that, you know, uh, even though there is that separation, like you don't have to answer, I can't help but think that there are people that are, that have a presence online that feel that they have to have, you know, that they're pressured to have an opinion on whatever it is that's, that, that people are discussing, that people are canceling. And so maybe they get mm-hmm. drawn in even if, even if they don't, but if not, they might get caught in the cancel culture and get they might get negative flack from everybody else because maybe they don't, you know, either they don't agree with it or they don't side with them or they, you know, they just don't say anything. And people aren't, are like, well, why aren't you saying anything? This is such a bad thing. Why aren't you standing up against it? And they'll get flack. And so maybe they say, well, you know, maybe they get to the point where it's just like, you know, I'm feeling pressure to, to you know, to join in and you know, trash whoever it is that it is or cancel whoever it is 
that people are canceling. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And like we said, you know, there are, there are situations where, yeah, this is, you know, this is our only way to fight against, you know, uh, some injustices that maybe perhaps we can't do before we couldn't, we couldn't reach before. And so, yeah, there's, uh, there's a time and a place for it. Um, hmm. but, but is there you know, like, does shaming work? Does shaming produce change? Well, that's what I wanted to say is that, you know, it, it it's morphed into this thing where it's just, you know, it can get out of hand really quick, really fast, you know, and cross lines and it'll be okay because other people are doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in that sense, you know, maybe that shaming, you know, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't as effective as it should be. It isn't as good as it should be because, you know, we taint it somehow or we've, we've messed it up somehow, you know, in the process of trying to do good, trying to bring to light things that are, you know, not right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, you, br- you brought up the question. Is shaming really the way that, that you can go that will affect any kind of change? Does it? Um. I don't think, well, I don't think shame ever works uh, to mm-hmm. to enact change. Um, but I don't think change is what they want in terms of change in a person. Like their main goal is to get um, the person canceled to as a punishment or to silence them so that they don't have any voice anymore. So they don't they can't influence people or they they won't have a platform anymore. So it's payback. Like no one, no one listens to them, so that they can't really be a voice in society. I think their main goal is, yeah, enacting change in the bigger scale of this is accountability. Um, if you're thinking of doing something bad or saying something um, that's even close to unacceptable, you'll think twice because you might get canceled. If you're a really, you know, a popular figure or a celebrity or someone in power um i think their their main goal i think is to enact change in that way um so yeah i'm not sure if that's really the way to go because as i was reading cancel like some people you know times magazine um times online and um vox like the 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 website um put out couple of articles saying cancel culture doesn't even work or it's not as effective as people think it is uh, because okay let's, let's let's say um louis ck right um came out with sexual um harassment allegations and people canceled or called for his cancellation and whoever was doing business with him did cut ties with him but overall like when he came to toronto he sold out five shows even after the whole fiasco and then they still have their um their livelihood intact and their careers intact um so if what the articles were saying is that maybe it's not even working and maybe what you're doing is just spreading hate uh, unnecessarily even because what you're doing is not even, you know, doing what you want it to do. Um, hmm. But I don't think shame, going back to the question, I don't think shame 
works in terms of enact, you know, changing someone like a particular person. It just, you know, makes them want, it depends on how they react to it. Like they might get better. Uh, they might be account, you know, have a spirit of accountability and, um, they might admit to their own faults or they can just deep inside be bitter and, you know, even come out even worse, you know? Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, you know, talking about this brought up a couple of Bible stories in my mind. The first one that came up was like David in the midst of the Bathsheba, right? And Uriah thing. And, and yeah, and, and, um, the prophet Nathan came to him, right? Nathan canceled him. (laughs) But here's the thing though. Like he didn't make it, he didn't make it public. Right. So yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a one-on-one thing. Right. He came to him and told him, look, you kind of messed up, man. Like you're the guy that did it. Like he, it's almost like, like David was so engrossed in trying to get away with what he did that he didn't see what was going on. And somebody had to go and tell him because that story of the sheep, right? Uh, So for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with the story, so, you know, David, you know, David sleeps with one of his men, uh, one of his, you know, his men's wife, one of his (laughs) general's wife, generals. That's weird. Okay, so let me say that again. So David sees. So David has. So David has has a soldier or a general or or some kind of commander under him. He goes off to war. His wife, you know, David sees. There we go. (laughs) Right. Bathing. They they have an affair. Right. She gets pregnant. Uriah comes. Like he calls Uriah back, trying to cover up his mistake. Right. Um, and it doesn't work out. So he has Uriah killed. Going to take Bathsheba for his wife. And in the midst of that, the prophet Nathan, you know, gets a message from the Lord and says, hey, you better go talk to this dude. Right. So he goes talk to them, talks to David. Right. David is the king at this point, And so he's feeling all in high and mighty at this point. Right. Not a whole lot of people can tell him what to do because, you know, he's he's kind of a big deal. And Nathan comes and he tells him this story about, you know, uh, a farmer that has lots of sheep and, and whatever. And his friends come over and, and he's like, uh, let me, let me, let me kill a lamb for you to prepare a meal, this grand meal for all of us. But he doesn't want to take any of his sheep. So he takes, uh, like some kind of neighbor that has like one lone sheep. Like he's really poor and he takes that one, his only one and takes that and kills that and uses that. And he's and Nathan asks David, "What should we do with that guy?" And David's so enraged, he's like, "Bring him to me! I'm gonna set him straight." And Nathan, you know, says one of the best lines in it, in the Bible, and he says, "Okay, you are that man. You're the man. You're that guy." Drops Mike, <laughs> right? Um, and so, and at that point, at that moment, everything just dawns on him, right? And the story shifts. Right, because David's a good guy. He just, you know, we make mistakes. He made a huge one. Let's not, you know, let's not gloss over that, right? But he changes, right? And so, bringing light to somebody's, you know, um, mistakes may be beneficial to them, 
but there's a difference in this story. Number one, right? Um, Nathan came to tell him number one in, in confidence. So there wasn't a whole lot of people there, right? So it's not like he was shaming him. Number two, he did it for his benefit, right? Mm. Uh, because it's a, I mean, like who knows what, what would have happened if he had continued down this road, right? What path would that lead him towards? Mm. Um, so that's the first story. This the second one is not a story, but like, um, sort of the passage where the apostle Paul is telling us how to deal with each other. Right. When you've got something wrong against your brother, you better, you know, go, go and talk to him about it. If he doesn't listen, go bring a, bring an elder. If they still don't listen, well then, you know, bring him in front of the crowd. But in those instances, it's for this person's good. Like you're trying to turn them away from something that they've done wrong. And that last step isn't necessarily for shaming, but to, to let everybody know this person is not going to be with us anymore, right? They can't stay with us anymore. And so that's the second one. Um, the third story, and I know I'm talking a lot, so I'll keep this brief. The third story is when Peter kind of messed up and Paul had to set him straight, but he had to do it in front of everybody. And I think this is the one that kind of like applies to like the idea that there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of people that know. And mainly because Peter is a leader of the church. And what he did was that he went off to the churches that, or like the areas, um, you know, that had a lot of uh, Christians that were, uh, that were uh, converts, from uh, converting from Judaism, right? And the whole idea or the whole issue had to deal with, you know, sort of the Jewish laws like circumcision and, and whatnot. And so, you know, uh, Peter kind of gives into the, you know, the Jewish Judaizers, as the Bible put it, you know, their pressure, and he gives out his statement. And he says, no, you got to do this if you want to be a good Christian. And Paul had to set him straight. Um, you know, he had to tell everybody else and said, him, say, look, Peter, and he had to, you know, it says he had to say it to his face while there was a lot of people there. You're out, you're wrong. Right. Um, but the reason, you know, and, and the reason he had to do this is because, you know, he's made this declaration publicly. Um, and I don't think there's any other way. I, well, I guess there could have been another way, but the way that Paul did it and the effective way to doing it is that he had to tell everybody with Peter there, you know, why he was wrong mm. so that everybody could be set straight. But again, this is different so much from our version of cancel, cancel culture because it's not an act of punishment, right? What Paul did, right? It was to make sure that everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And I think that's what we, if we are to engage in a different version of cancel culture, right? Because I I thought it was just, I thought it was just, okay, you know what? Um, I'm not going to deal with you anymore and I'll just unfollow you. And that was it. Right. And so in that regard, I would, I would just been, yeah, okay. Yeah. You can do that as a, as like a millennial type person that thinks that way. 
Yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Right? If you got nothing good to say, you know, just don't be around that person. Don't say nothing and you leave. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But the as our as we've gone through this this conversation, it sounds like there's a whole lot more malice to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um that I don't think we as Christians should be necessarily engaging with, particularly if it comes with the shame aspect, if there's nothing that's going to come about it. Yeah. Right? And what's what's so dangerous about it is that people don't think that there's malice, like from their actions. They think that they're like what they're doing is to improve society um, uh, by removing all these voices or fake public figures from the spotlight. Uh, who don't necessarily, who they don't necessarily agree with, or have done something egregious in their sight. Um, yet the, the danger is they think they're doing something good, when actually they're just, you know, like they're they're acting out and they're lashing out in anger. And there's like a little, not a little bit, but like there's a whole lot of malice in the intent. If when they say, "Oh, let's cancel," especially when they promote like when they tweet oh everyone just cancel this guy because da 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 or for this certain reason um yeah and as you said like okay you know if if you don't like him or he did something that offended you then yeah go go ahead don't listen to them and um unfollow them in all your social media accounts um but i think um there's a difference between between doing that and calling for everyone to do so, to do the same, um, especially when you don't even give the whole the whole story, right? You just highlight the the bad things that they've done, and you just highlight like what you disagree with or what is offensive to your eyes, and then you present that to the public. And um, and we talked about this last episode. Is just at that moment in the social media, they really like whoever was accused have no defense for it at that moment. And that's what's dangerous now is like people are, you know, in the courts is like innocent until proven guilty. Now it's (laughs) guilty until proven innocent. But even if you are, does that matter? Like, even if you are kind of cleared of that name, because when we talked about James Gunn and we talked about, you know, Kevin Hart, even though there's, you know, there was repentance. There was, you know, whatever. Or maybe they didn't. They didn't even do it. Do they not still get, you know, kind of canceled and still have some kind of backlash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you are pronounced innocent, damage is done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. damage is done. Damage is done. And that's the thing. <laughs> For a lot of people, is it's just. You know, it's damage that you want to do with them. It's payback that you want to get. Whether it's just yeah. because, you know, it's it's a lightning rod for your own, like from your own like bitterness of other things, or, you know, you're directly involved. You want to pay back. Uh, you want to pay back somebody so that you're equal with them. That's this this is the whole, you know, um idea of 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 forgiveness and and injury. Or like, you know, you've done something wrong you wrong somebody right now there's this inequality and you have to get them back so that you're now based on you're now on equal footing right it's that payback aspect of it right um 
because lawyers are expensive and you can't always go <laughs> sue the person for whatever it is. You know, it takes long. You have to you're you have the burden of proof to prove that whatever. When it's so much easier just to get mob mentality on online and crush somebody. Right? It's easier, it's faster, it's free. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's what differentiates us. That's the line between kingdom culture and oh. worldly culture. Kingdom culture. Is that <laughs> is that they're about punishment. They're about, you know, bringing us up to par. Um, sorry, that's the wrong term. I'm, okay, you can cut this out, but this is really, really annoying me. I'm going to take it off for now. Okay, so that's the line between kingdom culture and uh, worldly culture is that they're they're focused on punishment. They're focused on getting retribution, on uh, bringing people down so that, you know, they can uphold these values that they have. But then kingdom culture is about the business of redemption, of trying to bear with people um, so that we can help them transform, right? Um, And you can't help people transform by shaming them. That's just going to lead to, worst case, um, you know, self-righteousness in their hearts because they dig in and best case scenario, behavior modification. But so shaming, I don't think ever works and never redeems. Um, but as Christians, I think we're in the business of redeeming people, giving them a chance to change, showing them grace. I really honestly feel that like showing them grace and hearing them out and talking with them is the best way to get to them. So there's this, uh, I don't know if you guys know, it's uh, it sprouted from the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, it's called Conversations with a Black Man on YouTube by Emmanuel something. Um, yeah, so his reaction to people who didn't see eye to eye with people who were a part of Black Lives Matter was to not cancel them, not to bring them down, but to engage with them even further, um, to talk with them and to have these conversations and to actually have a safe space so that they can ask questions and really share their thoughts about where they're coming from. You know, I feel like that's, that's as Christians, what we need to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. giving that space, safe space to share and ask questions and redeeming people. Mm. Yeah. I think like that's the biggest difference is just there's in cancel, cancel culture, there's no grace given. Um, there's never an intention of like redemption. It's always, I'm going to put you down. Let's put this guy down and that's it. Right. And so there's no plan for redemption. Uh, whenever someone is canceled, that's what it means. Like, right. Like canceled. It's just when you cancel an event, it's just gone. Like the event's not going to happen anymore. Right. And there's postponing you can postpone someone <laughs> i guess until they're you know they've grown into someone i don't think that is as catchy <laughs> as canceled postpone postpone culture waiting until have that same ring to waiting it. until that person's like apologetic or they've grown as a person 
Um, but yeah, it's, with cancel culture, it's just you, not everything is taken into consideration. And what's I think like what's in the forefront is your, is your self righteousness, and because this is what like this is the standard in your head that they failed. Um, then like this is how everyone should treat you. Yeah, it's like you're forever defined by this one mistake or this one characteristic that you have. Mm-hmm. And that's not God's way for sure. Um, Because Jesus didn't pretty, Jesus didn't hold any punches back when he, when he confronted Pharisees, right? Right. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of, you know, uh, whatever for interpretation uh, when you're being called a brood of vipers. Um, you know, whitewashed, you know, whatever tombstones or like uh, sepulchers or whatever <laughs> Jesus calls them. Whatever, whatever. Well, here's Jesus what calls I would say about that in front of people, right? So it's like, you know, is it? <laughs> but isn't Jesus's that sort of like the same thing, right? Redemption, like that's his way of trying to save them, knowing who he is, knowing Jesus' character. He didn't do that to shame them. He did that to try to shake them out of the self-righteousness that they had and try to redeem them, you know? Okay. So, but that's knowing about his character, you know? Like, if yes. you didn't know Jesus, you just take it at face value that, wow, this guy is just shaming them. He didn't say he did. you guys are canceled. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, to, be, to be more serious, didn't he? it's like, um, I think he attacked the Pharisees as an institution and as a corrupt corporation, I guess. Oh, hey, um, so does this mean I'm on the right <laughs> track? Do- but the, the fair, like the individual, the individuals who belong <laughs> to the school of the Pharisees who came to Jesus um, sincerely yeah. seeking after what Jesus has to offer, like Nicodemus, uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty and sure others. there's there are others. Um, he he welcomed with open arms, and he, um, yeah. Although Jesus was kind of mean to Nicodemus at first, <laughs> um, he eventually, you know, he he welcomed him and he talked with him and he ex- he explained the whole salvation plan to Nicodemus. So um, he didn't necessarily go after them individually is just the i think um looking at the text or the verses just the 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 way the pharisees were acting as a whole right so yeah as christians i don't think really we should promote or engage in this culture because there's a sense of self-righteousness um and that you think you think best um and it's like a graceless culture. Jesus, what Jesus wants us to do is to, as Jenna said, like to engage with people more. Um, although, did Paul cancel those people? No. Like when he said, um, <laughs> I the gave Nicolaitans? them up. No, I gave them up to Satan. Satan? <laughs> no, oh, but. Like when he shook off his sandals? But that's the thing. Like he gave them up to Satan so that they can be brought back to redemption. Um, that was his main motivation. So I think like 
the action looks the same, but the end motivation is different. Question. Did Peter cancel Ananias and Sapphira? No. (laughs) The Holy Spirit. (laughs) So here's the thing about like with Jesus and stuff. I, I don't know if he went so far as to shame um, Pharisees. I wouldn't say that he, I wouldn't say that, that he didn't, that wasn't his intention. I'm not, I'm not, well, how do I say this? It's not, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, that um, shaming would not be his, you know, would not have been like a result. Because there's no way that Pharisees would not be shamed by what, what Jesus said, right? Mm-hmm. You call somebody a brood of vipers. There's no way they're not going to feel shamed in front of other people. What my 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 Call take from that, oh, my please. take from my take from the, from that is that he's defending those that couldn't defend themselves. The people, yeah, yeah, right. And so there's mm-hmm. a marked difference, at least in my mind, with what Jesus was doing, because they were being taken advantage of. Mm. Right, they were being met led the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And God has some pretty stern, um, stern uh, words for leaders that mislead their, you know, the people that are under them. Right, um, yeah. leaders are judged by a different mm-hmm. by a different book. The, that's just the way it is, whether it's secular mm-hmm. or whether it's religious, you know, whether it's Christian More kingdom harshly. culture, it doesn't matter. You are held to a different standard when you're in a leadership position. That's just everywhere. Yeah. Right. And so in my mind, Jesus as that leader, like the first fruit of that board, like he's, he is, he is vying to be the leader of, to, to take over, you know, to take over the earth. Right. As the person that is, is responsible for them because, because Satan stole him. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We see that in Job. He comes, he go, you know, Satan goes to, to, to God and says, "Oh, you know, this is my kingdom." Right? And Jesus mm-hmm. Jesus when he died, he got it back. So Jesus is vying for that and he's and he's protecting those that can't protect themselves. Right? He's standing up for those that can't stand up for themselves. And there's a very that's a very different story I would say for for many of the cancel, you know, culture people that engage in cancel culture. I would say that many of them are just doing it out of like the malice in the, like there's, there's something within them. There's a negative, there's a negative emotion in them. There's a bitterness in them that wants to get back at people mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily helping those that have been wronged by it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, but maybe, uh, but you know, what's the chances that's their real intent, mm-hmm. right? It's just mm-hmm. for them. Maybe it, it just might be like a, a, a nice little byproduct. To make you feel better, uh-huh. you know, uh, and juxtapose that to Jesus when he's saying that in front of a crowd that has been uh, that has been mistreated in many ways, you know, um, and misled by uh, the Pharisees who are supposed to be, you know, supposed to be um, their leaders, the people that take care of them, right, and bring them closer to God when. It was probably just the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the way then, I would uh, see. Go ahead. So that would be like more rebuke, right? So the Bible is okay with rebuke because the heart behind it is 
wanting to correct you lovingly so that you can be redeemed or you can change. Whereas like shaming has no chance to change, no no chance to redeem yourself. It's more about punishment and that malice, you know, that you're talking about. Yeah. So I think they're two, they're two different things and the heart behind it matters. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So um, in light of that, what can we do as Christians to fight against this culture? Wait, are we saying that we have to like try to get cancel culture like canceled? Cancel? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I hate this cancel culture, man. Like, 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 is it? Is it? Yeah, are we saying that like we we have to actually actively take up a fight against it? Hmm. Should we? Is it? Is it our in our? Is it in our realm? I think no. so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think so. <laughs> I think so because that's why we're not experts in this. Uh, we are by no means a source of authority. Um, I think we should be fighting um, because. I think at the heart of cancel culture is a lack of grace and a lack of love. So, um, and I think it directly clashes against the kingdom culture of showing people love and showing people mercy um, despite what they've done. And um, I think that goes against that. And so I think, I think we should fight against and I think it's in our realm to do so. Okay. Um, because, you know, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. So there's two things about salt. Um, there's the taste. It makes the food tasty. Um, gives you the, high blood pressure. The second, <laughs> yeah, it gives you three things. It gives you high blood. Um, it gives oh, the, I love salt, man. It gives the food better taste. And the third, it like in, in the context of Jesus's day, it preserves uh, food. It preserves things. So because they didn't have fridge. Well, even now it's a preservative. A cooler, yeah. yeah, it's a preservative. Um, beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in his day, it's and t- to this day, it's considered a preservative. So. Where where I'm going with this is that like when Jesus say when Jesus said you are the salt of the earth, um, we are meant to preserve kingdom culture in this world, and I don't think we can preserve kingdom culture if we don't fight, not fight but like promote kingdom culture out there into the world, and encouraging people to have grace, encouraging yeah. people to. Um, give people second chances um, at the same time, keeping them accountable. I don't think, I think we should be out there and spreading love rather than hate. Okay. Hmm. So the the reason I said no is because the question was, should we be actively fighting? 
or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the question. Should we like take up like like this fight? Should arms. we yeah, take up his yeah. arms and, and go against like take on cancel culture head to head. Yeah, so like I just imagined you know, a discussion where you're people are trying to cancel something and then there's us like, guys, stop trying to cancel this. Like I don't think that's the way to go about it. Yeah, I don't think uh, which that's is why the I said no. Either. Yeah, so I don't, for me, like, I don't think the fight, the main fight will be, should be online. I think we fight in our community circles, within trusted relationships, with people who have different opinions, um, in the workplace, grow relationships um, with people who we're really different from. I think that's how Jesus wants us to affect change. And uh, that's why I said, I, but you know, there is a space online. I just don't feel like that might be the best form of fighting and uh, grace. So it sounds like, so it sounds like when you're confronted with it, confront it. But, uh, but when it presents itself, like, I mean, are we, are we, we're not we're saying not to barge into somebody's cancel culture movement or even do we do we even put in like a counter culture movement <laughs> like well, you know like cause, okay so the, what i was thinking when you guys were talking was just like the no fat movement right it's almost like you know because like okay should we are we talking about this okay so so the no fat <laughs> movement is um uh is like sort of like this how do i say it um man i know we're going to get in trouble um so <laughs> so it's trying to bring light canceled. to yeah i'm going to get canceled to bring to light uh against masturbation so basically right um and so are we saying and this was sort of like you know it was it was it was being promoted like oh no fat. yeah i no thought fat. you were oh, saying no, no fat. fat oh no fat oh no no fat Sorry. i thought it was against keto no my wife does that she would <laughs> not i would not be able to sleep in my bed i would be sleeping on the couch right if i would say that's not good for her um so no fap f a p so it was against masturbation. It was like this counter movement towards, uh, towards um, the 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 idea of uh, the idea that masturbation is a normal thing for people in the context of you know, particularly in the context of viewing pornography. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was this counter movement towards it to try to to try to to try to um, to um, combat, you know that that sort of thing in society. Saying I think we all do of have that, a counter movement. <laughs> saying all of that, so we're saying so. No, we're not going. So is putting together a no cancel culture movement. That's not a. That's that's what a Christian. That's what that's what we should like encourage do or not encourage or not do so we do have a counter movement and it's called spreading the gospel 
And that's how we show people grace and how they can be redeemed and giving people chances Mm -hmm. and transforming people through love. So we do take it on, but not head on. Like it's not like a full on, hey, cancel culture is bad. No cancel. Hashtag. Right. You sort of cut its legs under it by... In, by bringing gospel. more bringing more of the gospel in conversations yeah. Mm-hmm. right yeah and just um, letting people know that they love them that God loves them and letting people know that there is there are second chances with God and there's forgiveness um, Let's, there's forgiveness right yeah um, and I think you know that's that's the one thing I think that's the one th- that's it's not the one thing one of the major things that we as a society have has has forgotten or we choose not to to engage with is that we're so quick to sue people to bring them to justice to bring them to you know to you know payback to whatever that forgiveness is a thing right Mm -hmm. not only just in not only in 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 kingdom culture not only in the Christian realm, right? But there are scientific studies that tell us that when we forgive, we are healthier because of it, right? Both mentally and physically, right? When we forgive. That's not to say that whoever did the wrong uh, shouldn't answer for what they had done, right? But as, you know, when you... Let me put it this way, because I want to say this quote um, that I heard from Andy Stanley, but I have to preface it by saying, you know, if, if when you don't forgive, you know, there's a bitterness that stays in inside of you, right? Yeah. And you're holding something against somebody. And and what I heard from you know, Andy Stanley was uh, the quote that says, um, oh, what was it? Um, being, uh, staying bitter towards somebody I know I'm messing this up, but staying bitter towards somebody <laughs> is like, or being bitter towards somebody is like um, drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. There's also a place for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's a thing as well that we should probably, you know, take into account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, imagine if, you know, Moses in the Bible was canceled after killing that man. If what, just ask, what would Jesus do? Right? If Jesus did whatever society is doing now with people that they deem are unworthy or are mm-hmm. egregious, then we wouldn't get people in the Bible. Um, you know, with the prominent stories, we wouldn't get the heroes in the Bible. Imagine if Jesus canceled Moses after killing that fellow <laughs> Egyptian. There's no parting of the Red Sea. Or imagine if God canceled, <laughs> if God canceled David after his affair and with Bathsheba. I was gonna affair, affair and murder of Uriah, but that would have sounded weird. Um, affair with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, then like we wouldn't have been told of the, 
you know, like the David who did so much more things after his, you know, affair with Bathsheba. Um, or what if, would have happened if mm-hmm. if the church canceled Paul? Who I mean, at the point at Saul, right, had done heinous things against the exactly. church. We wouldn't get what? There's no New Testament. The New there's Testament. no there's <laughs> there's no Gentile Christians. At best, you have a whole bunch of Jewish Christians, mm-hmm. mm. right? Yeah. And here's the thing: like God would still be just and doing all that. Yeah. But that's why he's amazing because in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our guilt and self-shame, he's like, I know you messed up, but I love you and I accept you. How much more does not that want make you change? And that change comes from within. It's not behavior modification because, oh, I don't want people to look at me negatively. It's now because, oh, I want to change because this this amazing God loves me, accepts me, and I want to be with him, right? So I feel like that's why it's so powerful. That's mm-hmm. why it's so transformative to just give grace. Yeah. And God uses used those people in a more powerful way like after the bad things that they've done were forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our mandate, as it always <laughs> have been, is to spread the gospel. Yes, because mm-hmm. it's the culture buster. Like it'll just go through everything. It doesn't. You don't have to <laughs> come up with a counterculture. Just bring up the gospel, and that supersedes everything else. Culture busted. Yeah. Culture busted. <laughs> you know, MythBuster. That was such a good show. I'll just like dye my hair red, Jamie. <laughs> Hey, my, I'm growing my. Hmm. Oh, you're goatee. I'm yeah, goatee. No, my my Culture mustache. Busted. Make it curl. Yeah. Culture busted. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so thankful that God doesn't define me by a single sin. You know? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank Same. God for grace. You know when Peter said, "Love covers a multitude of sins." The gospel busts. Multitude of cultures. <laughs> All right. With that said, um, I think that we have come to. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. End of the episode. <laughs> uh, well, culture busted. <laughs> we want to thank you all uh, for joining us in this episode. Um, we hope that you are blessed. With our discussion, uh, we definitely want to encourage you to talk about this. Um, what do you think? What do you? What does everyone think of cancel culture and whether it's a good thing or not? Um, yeah, send us a shout out. And in regards to episodes, um, we are here every Wednesday, so be on the lookout for them. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Prodigals Pod. And if you like you what you've been hearing. Please subscribe and follow us so that you are always up to date with our episodes. And please spread the word by giving us a rating and a review so we wouldn't be canceled uh, because no one listens to us. (laughs) Uh, So there will be more listeners out there in the world. um, Give us a rating and a review. So that is all that we have for you uh, this week. 
So we want to wish that you stay blessed and you stay faithful. And join us next week for another episode of The Prodigal.